your daughter's name came up in Sarah in conversation with yeah, Sarah. Yeah, Carly Nichols and, came into her yoga studio. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And but we the joke is always Harry Pickles, of course. Right. And Sarah just goes like Carly Pickles. God, why would you do that to a kid? Mm. Hun, that's not his name. <laughs> You're listening to the Noon 15 Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cole, and I'll take you behind the scenes of Noon 15, an independent band writing, performing, and recording original music. This season, we'll talk about the band's sophomore album, Finish What You Started, and get the story behind one song per episode, as well as the ups and downs of working around day jobs, babies, and band shakeups here in Ithaca, New York. At the end of each episode, you'll hear the song in its finished form. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Noon 15, the podcast. And we're here for Finish What You Started, album number two from Noon 15. I'm joined today by Mandy Goldman, Samuel B. Lupowitz, Harry Nichols. That almost got me there. <laughs> Joe Massa and Phil Shea. In episode three, we'll cover The Cell. Songwriting credit once again to Sam Lupowitz here. And is this kind of a we're both guilty sort of thing? There's, there's a Robert Palmer song called Sneakin' Sally Through the Alley that a bunch of people have covered that's about like trying to get your bit on the side right. out and your wife catches you. And I was like, I, it's a great song, but I always thought it felt like super sleazy. I yeah, was like, let sleazy. me write it from Sally's perspective. And a woman who is part of the affair but doesn't care what happens the, the the guy's cheating on his significant other okay, okay. and that's his problem sweet sin savor Did you have the basic feel for it when you wrote it? I mean, it's got it's kind of led by the guitar a little bit, but was that is that something you kind of envisioned when it came together? Yeah, it was very much about the songs only got like a couple of chords, um, so it was very much it was that guitar lick. and the groove. We, we had to spend a lot of time working on rhythmic stuff um, that you might not expect because the idea is that it just feels really good and, and kind of danceable. And I was also trying to write a song that sounded a little bit like the meters, simple harmonically, but rhythmically interesting, uh, like funk-influenced music. But it, yeah, it all kind of hangs around that guitar lick and then all the drum syncopation stuff and everything else sort of supports that. And the timing of all the vocals, obviously, too. Yeah. We're all right. Was this another heavy-layered background vocals? Then I open the box. Not too no, much. No, this one, I don't think no doubling, no nothing. Just Really? This, this track's about, straight. like, it's pretty close to as live as we go. I mean, there's, like, there's a clean and a distorted guitar happening at the same time at one point that you, you layer. I tried other stuff, but it all felt like it was in the way. It needed to be that. You know, those early meters records are just them playing in a room, and that just felt like the right treatment. What do you like to do 
as far as how much to record live from a given song? Do you try to get something down of everybody together no matter what and then just add to it? Or is it, again, just kind of per song, you, you decide whatever's best? For many years, it was a lot of, like, one part at a time. Um, so I enjoy the challenge of seeing what we can capture as a group instead of sort of trying to create it as this piecemeal Piece thing. by piece, yeah. Um, but, you know, you always make, because you also want to be able to take liberties making a record that you aren't able to live. So, yeah, song by song, you make some decisions about what makes it the best recording. But I'm always trying to get a foundation that's at least like the sound of people playing together. Yeah. That's kind of been, I feel like, one of the central, like, challenges of at least our, like, earliest recordings, you know? Um, particularly given that nobody listening to this can see this, but we are in the space that we tracked in, and it is not a, a large room. Not, it's not very a, small. Not ideal for a five-piece band with a right. drum kit. So not, I, I uh... think part of it was getting <laughs> that live sound around that limitation. Yeah. You know, which kudos to you, because that's... that's Hard. <laughs> it was a, there were a lot of thrift store blankets yes. bought in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. You needed in to dampen to this achieve, room more. Well, we had to achieve some kind of isolation. Okay. Yeah. Um, for just just for the convenience of editing. Okay. Sure. Uh, the one of the important things to me for this song was really getting the drum sound super live and exciting. Like it's a it's a big part of the. It tune. just pops right out of there. Yeah. Part of what that exciting drum sound is is if you mute everything else and just listen to the organ a lot of the drum sounds coming from just going through the right the Leslie it, yeah. speaker like it's uh <laughs> <laughs> it was tight tight quarters and even with some blankets and stuff like it's yeah that snare drum is just part of that organ sound so <laughs> How much does it mean, I guess, to really anyone to, to a certain extent, to be able to recreate live what you have on the album? I mean, does it reach a point that like, oh, let's not go too overboard because we want to be able to do it for the most part live? Or is it kind of a difference like, no, it's the album. We just pull out all the stops and then whatever we can do live, we do, you know? Yeah, I never have any concerns about um, doing things in studio that we can't recreate live. Um, as long as what we have live is good to listen to. Obviously, substantial. Live yeah. people, yeah. Yeah. For life. For as, life. Opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to for dead people. For the dead people. <laughs> that's whatever. really our, our target demographic is dead people. The dead. Yeah, the the dead. dead. <laughs> it's so metal. Yeah. We, we, we start in a nursing home. Give it a couple of years. You'll like this. <laughs> a lot of times the ideas that either spontaneously come up or that we go in saying, you know, oh, when we do it in the studio, I want to add this that we can't do live. A lot of times that recording process then inspires us to do new things with the live arrangement and it becomes a cool kind of feedback loop. I enjoy that part of the process. I do that vocally a lot with this band because I don't, I like to sing the melody. Um, I, I, unless the songwriter tells me, you know, you can really divert from the melody. I don't much. I like to sing what was written because usually when it's, when I'm singing what, when I sing my own songs, I I will mess it mess with it a little more. But like when I'm singing what Sam or Harry wrote, usually I am very attached to their writing. So And you have a lot of faith in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy singing the melodies that they write. So sometimes we'll come into the studio and especially Harry will like really encourage me to kind of just riff and like really alter the melody.
and then I'll do that live. Um, but I still like I I will never like do that until the last chorus because I feel like I really need I always feel like I have to establish the the melody that the songwriter intended. Okay, that's interesting. But still leaving yourself some room for doing your own thing. Yeah, because yeah. I do improvise a lot live, but um, I try to be true to the song unless um, there's space specifically for that. That ever-present fine line. Yes. Your chops have always been there, obviously. No one's denying that Mandy can wail. I've seen your stage presence improve in the last year or two, really, just watching you guys oh, over you. and over. How, how do you feel about it at this point? How do you feel you're growing and progressing with the band? I feel like I've kind of developed a persona for it, like a little bit more like on stage. Mandy is a little bit more of a diva than off stage Mandy. Um, <laughs> it's showmanship. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and, and I have to actually talked about it with my vocal coach, um, Elisa Keeler, um, because she's kind of encouraged me to say like, well, maybe that's not something that Mandy would do, but that's something that, Noon 15 Mandy would stage do. Mandy, yeah, yeah, stage Mandy, like Diva Mandy would do that. And like Diva Mandy can be, can take more risks and can be a little more um, outgoing than uh, off stage Mandy would be. <laughs> so, um, and also just like, I didn't grow up gigging. Um, I did musical theater and classical singing. And in those mediums you're encouraged to stand and deliver and and hold your place on stage and not move around too much because it's very distracting from the story you're telling so it took a number of years in singing rock and soul music for me to be like oh I don't need to stand and deliver this like I can do that yeah but I can have some freedom and and move my body a little more. Unlike Diva Mandy, you can make it about you. Yes, more, right? exactly. Yeah. Which is like very like I'm very uncomfortable with that idea. I like being a vessel <laughs> more than I like being a a point of attention. Yeah, but like I said, it seems to me anyway like you're getting more comfortable with it. Doing my best, making yeah. it till I make it. <laughs> <laughs> So all three of the songs that we've covered in the first half of Finish What You Started Here, all three of them were heard at the Volume 1 release show. How massive is your backlog right now? Oh, my God. Um, Wait. This world yeah, you could just look. Let's look. Yeah, um, all right. I'm going to put a finite number on this right now. Hang on. Oh, my God. We have got one, two, three. Uh, four, five. We'll just get the final number and the final, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, there's going to be one episode that's just Harry <laughs> counting with no context. <laughs> this is one project you write music for. Yeah. Um, I always, I, I envy your, uh, the amount of great writing you do. Well, thank you. I don't, I don't know if it's all, all great. I, like <laughs> when you, when you produce a lot, there's a certain amount of, I'm lucky because I get to, I get to, I have a big pot of material and I can just kind of pick what I feel is the best of it and I can mm. leave what's not the best of it and I don't have to do every song that I figure out you know which is great and and lately I'm figuring he's like telling that to himself right now can you hear that I, I don't I have to certainly do every song am. I certainly <laughs> am um, and lately uh, you know as it's been harder to actually finish things um, and finish them as as completely as I used to um, there's definitely a lot of that 
that choice picking and things. I don't know. I, I guess a lot of deciding what I want my contributions to Noon 15 to sound like just in terms of style and genre and working only from that starting point. I've, I've, you, you could like write metal tracks and like have that fucking feed into Noon 15 somehow. And like, I, I like incorporating some of those unexpected elements, but like not every idea needs to be pursued, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and maybe shouldn't be pursued. Uh, and so that's, that's a lot of where I'm coming from in terms of managing my output for this band. Focusing on the right things. Focusing and, on yeah, the right yeah. things, focusing on, on cultivating a sound. Um, nice. You know? Nice. I feel like I'm sometimes actively sabotaging that. But like, <laughs> we don't have anything like this. But that, no, no, but that's what I like about yeah. our partnership is that like we need that, right? Yeah, we, right. There needs right. to be that tension good. there to good, good. Yeah, and it's nice. It's nice to like bounce things off of yeah. each other, and like I'll write songs where I'm like, "This is not a noon fifteen song," and send it to them, and they'll say, "No, we can make it a noon fifteen song." So. I guess I bring it back around now to Phil. Given what we were just talking about, the the way that Harry and Sam bounce different styles back and forth, right? Um, you being the more new member to the band, but also being responsible for the backbone of it, you know, keeping everything together. How are you doing kind of fitting into this, knowing that you really have to be ready for anything at any given point? So when I started playing music, it was like with a couple like old hippies that were just playing some really weird stuff. I think it was like the first introduction to live music that I had. And then I, then I played in some cover bands doing all sorts of garbage. You know? <laughs> uh, and then uh, I started playing some reggae and then I started playing rock. Then I, you know, now I'm playing with these guys and played some, you know, indie rock. And, so you've kind of been all over the place anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's really where I like to stay because playing one genre gets really, really boring. So it's fun to bounce around a bit. Um, so I feel like I take to it well. Yeah. Are you much, um, I'd say so. Yeah. You much of a songwriter yourself? We haven't talked about that um, yet. It's, it's interesting because I've got so much. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I have hold on one, two. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I'd like to think that there's probably something in there that wants to get out, but. Uh, you got your octopus's garden or something. I just someday. I just need to spend more time with Harry apparently, <laughs> so I can like give Smooth. him a nugget of an idea and he can do something with it, and then I can take credit for the entire thing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. My favorite thing about when Phil came to the band was like we were like so excited that he could sing because we'd heard him sing so much in Kite String, and he came to rehearsal and we we were like, okay, you can sing, so we're gonna have you sing, and he's like. Yeah, I sang like parallel thirds in Kaistring, and we're like, yeah, cool. Can you sing this? Can you sing the fourth part of this four part acapella section? Or like, it's different like, from how all long the other can you parts. Sustain? Yeah, like, right. And like, we're like, we'll be like sitting in a rehearsal, like, if we have like an acoustic rehearsal, we'll be like, oh, Phil can sing that. Phil can sing that. We'll come to him and we'll be like, can you sing like this high D? Like, just pop that falsetto out. But he does, he meets the challenge. We've heard about this being the first half of Finish What You Started. So what what is next here? What's in the cards going forward? There's going to be another batch of songs coming out down the road um, that fit together with these and create some sort of cohesive whole. Another collection like Volume 1, um, but that it'll emerge gradually. Um, and hopefully after these songs have been out for a little while, getting to hear them in the final context will give you some new 
you know, a new perspective on the music. That's the next steps to finish what you started. What do we see ahead for Noon 15? I kind of feel like what's interesting about Noon 15 is like we all kind of have different, like I, we, we want to do it all together, but like we've got, we, I have different ideas from what Sam wants to do and what Mandy wants to do. And yeah. it's kind of just a, about who wants to spearhead it and like make it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, We're open to anything, but we want to keep doing things that are different and not just get stuck in a rut of like showing up to a gig, playing our songs. People think they know what we're about. We always want to have some surprise up our sleeve. Like I feel a, you like. thought you knew kind of thing. One of the things I love about this bit is that like I actually feel like that like, like crazy ridiculous <laughs> ideas like yeah. that are a possibility and we could actually do it if we really wanted to. We enjoy you know? each other's crazy ideas. Yeah. yeah. And as we move on to the final song from, let's call it part one of the Finish What You Started podcast, The Cell is Mandy Goldman, of course, on lead vocals, Samuel B. Lupowitz on organ, Wurlitzer, background vocals, Joe Massa on electric guitars, Harry Nichols on the bass and background vocals, and Phil Shea on the drums. Off the album Finish What You Started, it's The Cell from Noon 15.
Thanks for listening to the Noon 15 Podcast. Visit Noon15.com to subscribe and for more music, videos, and info on upcoming shows. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Tune in next time for another trip behind the scenes with Noon 15. So I count 14 that we've never touched in the drive. That doesn't count your next suite. It doesn't either. count, yeah, the full the, the second, full length album that I've written that is all <laughs> the second concept record. And it doesn't count the songs that we have started working through but haven't recorded. But yet. haven't finished what you started yes. working. Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Oh, that's the title for. of the record you guys. It's almost is as it? if wow. I didn't wow. There's some kind of concept. Oh.